the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Don't have time to go on SoCal Live today? Leave Scott a voicemail at 213-537-3812. That's 213-537-3812. Good afternoon, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome back to Southern California Live, hour number two. It's so good to be with you each and every weekday from three to five. And uh, you can call and join our conversation at any time. 888-528-2557 is the number. 888-528-2557. Email me. You can email me at SoCalLive at KKLA.com. SoCalLive at KKLA.com. And uh, did you see this? A few weeks ago, I was talking about how I went out at about 1030 and I, I watched. I knew that from Vandenberg Space Force Base, which is what it's called now, actually, they were launching a space at X rocket, and I thought I'd be able to see it from my porch, and I was. I could see it. And uh, it kind of went off into the horizon for a while. I took a video of it and put it out there. Well, SpaceX X, SpaceX launched uh, another rocket from vent, um, from Cape Kennedy. Is it Cape Kennedy? Cape Can- Did they change that to Space Force Base? I should look that up. From Florida, where we launch our rockets and stuff. And what's funny about it is sometimes, maybe you've seen this here in Southern California, you ever look out over the ocean and you see this crazy looking cloud and this this obviously it's something shooting across the sky looks like a a meteor or it looks like a comet or something. What that is, is it's something that got launched, a rocket that got launched from Vandenberg. If they do it at the, you know, early in the evening, the reason that it looks so incredible is because the the sun that has recently set the rocket is high enough that the the stuff that's coming out of it is is. Uh, being lit up by the sun that's just down over the horizon so in uh, this weekend spacex launched another one on the east coast and it was seen all the way up from florida to maine and of course people get online and they're taking pictures of it and they're saying it's a ufo and all this kind of stuff which is enjoyable to to me uh for some reason maybe it's because i grew up out here i grew up in uh, palmdale i think i've told you that before uh it's a good place to be from and Palmdale is where the Air Force has Plant 42. I wonder if that's Space Force. Is it Space Force Plant 42 now? How does this work? No, it's got to be Air Force because they're, it's airplanes. Well, they, they, the space shuttle was assembled there, and uh, that was a big part of my life growing up, seeing the, the space shuttle land at Edwards Air Force Base. Did you ever go out and do that whenever that happened? That was incredible. Uh, it's hard to explain that, but it was such an incredible thing. And and it always made me laugh, though. They I lived at the end of the runway at Plant 42 for a while. And whenever there was no moon, it was really dark outside. There would be these these weird planes flying around. And uh, maybe they just looked weird because it was dark, but we always thought it was something experimental. And people would call the Air Force saying it's UFOs. And people were worried about invasion and all of that. And uh, there was a there was a lady in my church who always did that. She was just convinced. And there was several people though in my church who worked there, who of course knew what the, whatever it was was going on. And one time there was this plastic uh, toy plane, and it said stealth bomber on it. Now this was before the official stealth bomber. You know the stealth bomber, the B two, is that winged winged 
uh, I was going to say spaceship, winged uh, bomber that you see that's incredible looking, right? If you ever see it in person fly, it's just flying wing. It's an amazing, amazing thing. And before they had officially rolled that out, there was all kinds of speculation about the stealth bomber. People kind of knew, oh, there's some kind of stealth bomber. And that was some kind of conversation that people had. Um, and so there was a toy, and it looked more like a regular fighter plane, this plastic toy that I had. And I had this at church, and there was a guy who's passed away who actually worked on it. His name was Paul, and I won't go into it any further than that because I don't want to cause him any trouble. But I, I'm playing with this, and I, I must have been, I don't know, 10 years old. And he says, you know what, that's not what it looks like at all. And I'm not kidding. He pulls me into the side room that was the sound room at my church, and he takes out a piece of paper, and he draws the stealth bomber on this piece of paper, the winged thing. This is what it actually looks like. And I said, Paul, are you really supposed to be showing this to me now? He goes, oh, we're going to roll it out in a couple of days. It doesn't matter. I'm sure it did matter. You know, I'm sure that, uh, you know, there was some kind of violation of national security rules with all of that. Uh, but sure enough, it rolled out. It was exactly that. Anyway, um, I've always thought that was funny that he just didn't, didn't mind showing a kid what it really looked like. And I enjoyed that. I've always enjoyed space. And you know what? When you when you read this, the scriptures, uh, there's a lot in there about space. Well, the reason I'm bringing this up is because in just a few minutes right now, did you know this, that NASA is flying a rocket into an asteroid and it's going to be live in just a few a few minutes here. And so I thought we would uh, we would carry that for you live right here on Southern California Live, that we would make sure that you understand all that's happening here. It's called the Dart spacecraft, and uh, it's shaped like an old Dodge Dart, and they just launched this up into space, and they're going to crash it into a uh, into an asteroid, just like one of these movies. And uh, Ben Affleck is up there and uh, Bruce Willis and that whole crowd. Not really, but it's just like that movie. Uh, It's not anything like that movie, actually. But what they are trying to do is block the asteroid from to to move it off course with the idea that one day, if there's ever a large enough asteroid that might hit the Earth and crash into the Earth, that would cause devastation. Maybe we could actually do this. I find it incredible that we even have the technology good enough to try it. So the space track, the spacecraft, the Dart doesn't really look like that car. In case you're taking me too literally, um, although that would be awesome if it did. That's what I would have done. Look, make it look like an old Dart. Those things were probably made of steel, not the uh, fiberglass we make them out of today. And maybe hard enough to actually change the direction of this asteroid. Anyway, you can go online and look at it. And uh, if you look at the the picture right now, it's kind of funny. It says the uh, it actually says that once. Uh, it has impact, you're going to see nothing. And if you look at the picture right now, and I'm staring right at it, it's, it is just, it looks like a little cotton ball, but it is getting bigger. It is getting bigger in the picture and uh, it's going to crash land into it. So the idea is that if it pushes it, I think outside of its orbit, maybe if you are a, a space guy, you work at JPL, you can give me a call 888-528-2557. We've reached out to a couple of people, but I know that you're you're probably just overwhelmed with excitement uh, about crashing the dart into an asteroid um, all this way. It's supposed to move it off course. Would would it be bad if it moved it into the course of into the path of the Earth? That would be that would be bad. Um, I don't think it's going to do that. I don't know if it's going to work. And the thing is, it's interesting is whether it works or not. Uh, maybe it'll miss. It could just just go right on by. And uh, then I don't know where it goes. It just heads off into space somewhere, somewhere out there.
it is fascinating that this is something that is in our world today. I think God likes the fact that his creature, that's us, can look into space and enjoy it and do things. I just have, I don't know when the Lord's coming back. There's so many reasons to believe it's coming, and they're all good reasons. But there's also reasons to believe it could be a long way off. I would, you know, maybe God in his wisdom and in his forbearance is going to lead us now into a place of great revival. I don't know if you thought about that, but I think it's very possible that the the crazy odd times that we live in right now with the the questioning about male and female and the questioning about so many different things that have always been what people thought that maybe we're headed into a time of revival, that maybe what's happened with the COVID and the stirring up of churches and the the fact that I think so many of us are are taking a look at what it is we believe, and lots of people are more committed to Christ now than they were before the COVID. There are some people, big percentage, who are, are less committed or they've dropped out, but probably they were, you know, that might be you. Maybe you were on your way out anyway. That's That's what it says, is that maybe you didn't believe in the first place, and you've just sped up the the track of getting out. And I would encourage you to take a look at Jesus again, to take a look at who Jesus actually is, to realize that as God is the creator of all of this, that that creator does love who you are. The psalmist writes, when I look into your heavens, your wor- the work of your fingers, the moon and the stars, which you have set in place, what is that man that you are mindful of him? And the son of man that you care for him. That's an incredible thing about an infinite God. The God is infinite. I don't know if, it, if you think of it this way. You ever, do you ever wonder if God has enough time for you? Why would God care about my stuff when there's so many big things going on in the world? You know, obviously God must be dealing with the big things of the world. But when there's an infinite amount of time, which is what God has, then he has an infinite amount of time for you, for all of your stuff for every single thing that's going on. He has enough time to count the hairs on your head or the hairs that used to be on your head. He knows all of that. He knows you that well. If you've left during this time, give him a second look because it matters. It's the most important thing. The most important thought you think is the thought you think about God. When we look to the sky, you know, people have always been in awe. And that's that's how I am. I think that we have the ability to to look in awe. And if you're somebody who's saying, well, the Bible is you know wrong about a lot of stuff related to space and science. No, it isn't. The church has been wrong before. When the church taught that the sun goes around the earth, that the earth is the center of the universe, the, the church was wrong about that, but the Bible never says that. In Job chapter 26, verse 7, you ever read the book of Job? It will enlighten you. He stretches out, it says he stretches out the north he stretches out the north over the void and hangs the earth on nothing. You have to think about that for a minute. It's such a great verse because what does that mean to somebody thousands of years ago who had no idea what outer space even is? Who really had no idea of anything that we know today in physics or in science, in astrophysics or how things work. And yet you have this inspired by God passage that describes exactly what you see when you're out in space and you look at the earth. It hangs on nothing. The Bible, you'll find, is 
always going to come back to to match uh, what is actually ultimately discovered. And that's true about you, too. That's true about what the Bible says about you and me, about our need for a Savior, about how cosmic justice works, why there needs to be a Savior, why all human beings seem to have this reason that we need to seek out the Lord. I think it's why we look up into space and are in awe in a lot of ways. All right, I don't want to miss it because it's going to happen here in in just a moment. I am looking at the video here, and uh, the space rock is getting pretty large in the window right in front of me. And uh, just a few moments. Uh, in fact, I now see two space rocks. Maybe we're going to pass the one I thought we were going to hit because there's there's one. I'm watching the middle of this video. There's one that's right in the middle, and then there's one that looks like it's just a little bit off. I wonder if if we're we're getting this right. Uh, it's supposed to hit here in uh, a minute and a half or thereabouts, something like that. I don't know if I have the exact time. That There's no time on this video, which is kind of interesting. Like, why is that? Um, maybe I need it. Oh, I impact in two minutes and 25 seconds. There we go. So I'm watching this, and I'm also just thinking about people who look up into the heavens, and they see amazing things. I And God is He's built things so huge. You know, the, the telescope, the James Webb telescope, we've talked about that a few times. It's showing things that even some people didn't expect. One of the things is, I guess, that there are galaxies fully formed a lot further away than they thought. Um, we're always learning new things about the creation. I think that one of the things that we learn is that there's a whole lot more that we don't know than what we do know. I think that God likes it that we are looking and investigating in his creation. Science used to always acknowledge this, that, you know, science was scientists were today. If you're listening and you're a scientist, I know one of the pressures that you have on you is to not believe in God. One of the pressures that you have is that uh, there's an enormous amount of, of social pressure for whatever reason to say God's not part of the picture. But really, in a lot of what you're doing with science, God, you know, origins is something you can't look at scientifically really anyway. You know, how in the world did God create the world from nothing? Uh, how do you examine that? You can't be God. You can take a look at what was done and kind of take a look at it but um, and learn a lot from it. I think God wants us to do that. But there's nothing that we're going to discover that suddenly says there is no God. Instead, I think that what we continue to discover keeps showing us that there is a God, keeps showing us that there must be a designer. Just as we have designed a spacecraft and used math, uh, which they used to teach in schools, and physics, and all of the different things uh, in order to do this amazing thing, which really is like tossing a washing machine, I like to say, you know, on this asteroid. All right, looks like that asteroid is right in the middle now. Where's the where's the timer? They dropped the timer. I thought we had a timer. Everybody's all standing up, and uh, we'll do a countdown here in, in just a minute for you so that you can have this exciting mode. This could be the future of, of Earth being saved. Now, sometimes people think that, well, maybe an asteroid is going to hit the Earth one day, and it's part of the end times or whatever. It could be. But it also could be that at some point bef- long before that, we're able to actually deflect an asteroid. It's remarkable that we can see uh, an asteroid uh, this far out in space. It's a live camera. It's like a YouTube, uh, a YouTube picture of this. It's about to happen. Just stay tuned. 
this could be this could be the future safety of of humanity on the earth. This will be this is like a movie in real life. Here it comes. It's coming now any second. We're going to uh, tune in for live and what NASA has to say as soon as we have impact and ready. I think we might even have some sound for you. Here we go. Getting closer. It's looking very rocky. Here we go. Target acquired. Good hit. Good hit on one. And there it is. They, uh, they, <laughs> is that what it sounded like? A tin can. Uh, here's what it sounded like. I don't know if that's really what it is. Uh, you know, if there's nobody there to hear it, did it actually happen? If you're walking, you know, that old philosophical thing, if I'm walking through the forest alone and uh, if, some, if, if a tree falls in the forest and there's no one around to hear it, did it make a sound? Maybe that's what it sounds like. It, did this actually make a sound? Well, apparently we hit our target. So uh, hooray for, uh, for our friends down there at, uh, at NASA. And uh, it is... Uh, it's always fun to watch these guys celebrate. I grew up with a lot of these people who were out at Edwards, and uh, many went on to uh, JPL. And, uh, you know, I think part of this is exciting. A lot of young people in this crowd I'm watching here. A lot of this is exciting, especially for the guys, because we just like blowing stuff up, right? It's just like there is something, I think, for, for men where just the fact that we smacked a big piece of machinery into an asteroid, whether it's successful or not, that's pretty cool that we did that. Um, I think we have to look at it also from the standpoint of awe. And that's what I was getting at about the science before, that there used to be a sense of awe that now we have, we have done this, but we're, we're so, there are so many other things that we don't know about. I don't know if we know yet uh, that it actually diverted the, uh, the asteroid in another direction. Um, Isaac Newton used to write in the the margins whenever it was that he got to the end of his research, whenever he got to a point where he couldn't uh, research anymore, when he just thought, you know what, I have learned all there is to learn. There is there's more to learn, but I don't know how to do it. Um, He would write in notations of glory of God. Um, It's an incredible thing. We need to be able to get back to that. I think we need to be able to see the world in such a way that whenever we get to something that we don't understand, that we recognize that God does understand it. God understands every single thing. God understands all the different things that are going on that we can't even begin to fathom. Isaac Newton uh, wrote this, the being governs all things. God governs all things, not as the soul of the world, but as the Lord over all. And an account of his dominion is he won't be called Lord God. There's a word here I don't understand, but it means universal ruler. The supreme God is a being eternal, infinite, absolutely perfect, but a being, however perfect. And uh, or no, he's saying that God is a being eternal, infinite, and absolutely perfect, um, but us uh, we will never be called Lord. It's a vision that God must be worshipped for being the Lord of everything. That's the, uh, that's the idea we should have, that when we look up into the stars, and there's a lot of scriptures about the awe of space, the awe of who we are, the awe of where we're, we're at. There are so many different things. Isaiah, lift up your eyes on high and see who created these. He who brings out their host by number, calling them by name, the greatness of his might, because 
He is strong in power, not one is missing. The scriptures begin with, in the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. You know what that is, Genesis 1-1, in the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth? It's one verse, one simple verse that tells us about what God did. You know what the word universe means? It means one verse, uni-verse. Universe is this, in the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. Isn't that cool? See, if you can't get past that one, then you're going to have a hard time with God everywhere. But if you believe that in the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth, if you believe then, as the psalmist writes, that he determined the number of stars and he gives, he gives them all their names. God's named them. Have you done the thing where you, you send somebody in England a whole bunch of money and then they, they name a star after you? Is that in England or somewhere here? <laughs> that's a, that's a, I should have come up with that. Oh, I'll name a star after you. No problem. There's billions and trillions of stars, plenty of names. You can name it after whoever you want to. Uh, except it's false because actually God has already named them. God has a name for all of those stars. That's what he does as the creator. It's incredible. Anyway, we had, we had uh, impact. And uh, there it is. That's what it sounded like, if it made a sound at all. When we come back, we will talk about having a, uh, a cosmic point of view, and I think you'll like that, so uh, stay with us, 888-528-2557, if you want to join the conversation. What gives you awe about God? Do you, do you look at God or the heavens or creation or something where you're just in awe of, Lord, of the Lord? 888-528-2557 is the number. You can also send me an email at SoCalLive at KKLA.com. I'm Scott Furrow. This is Southern California Live, and I'll be back as the Monday edition continues. You're listening to SoCal Live with Scott Furrow on 99.5 KKLA. Text Scott right now in the SoCal Live studio at 213-537-3812. Welcome back, everybody. Southern California Live. You can call up and share and join our conversation, 888-528-2557. We asked the question, how are you in awe of God, the wonders of God? A few moments ago, we brought to you live the NASA DART spacecraft crashing into an asteroid in outer space, and uh, you heard it live right here. That was it right there. That's what it sounded like, probably, if anyone heard it, since there's nobody out there. What if there are aliens on the other side of that asteroid, and now they're ticked off? We could have just started an interstellar war. That would be bad. Uh, I tend to think there's not. 888-528-2557. Sergio from Irvine. Welcome to Southern California Live. Hey, hey Sir- Scott, how are you doing? Good. Go ahead, Sergio. Yes, okay, so uh, just to give you a little background of, of what I'm going to say, I study with a medicine. I am a medical doctor in Mexico, licensed. Okay. And uh, when I was studying biochemistry, by, by uh, I, you know, going back to those classes, you can see that there are three main elements that, that are compound or, or, or compose a living, uh, whatever it is that is alive. Yeah. It could be a microorganism, it could be a, a human being, it could be a vegetable, tree, whatever. So these are the carbohydrates, lipids, or, or grease, and uh, amino acids, which make uh, proteins and other things. Uh, these three items they have a common chain uh, element. Without this element, uh, none of those three will exist, which means that life will never exist without this element, and this is carbon. Uh, carbon, amazingly, uh, 
when you see it in the older books, when I studied medicine, uh, it's represented by a C with four links. Uh, one on the right, one on the left, one on top, one on the bottom. Mm-hmm. You can come to your conclusions. I'm just saying, uh, like Einstein said, uh, religion, I don't know if I'm going to say the quotation correctly, but the uh, paraphrasing will basically be similar. Uh, religion without science is uh, it, without any use, and science without religion will be uh, a dead, uh, you know, uh, uh, meaning for for science. Right. So science, science in 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 life has proven that whatever it is in the Bible, is truth. Just to mention, as far as the dirt goes, uh, we were made out of uh, dirt, and we go back to dirt. Which means you were organic, and you'll be you'll be continued to be organic, but in dirt. Right. That's why that's we said. All right. Hey, thank you very much, Sergio. I found that quote too that you were uh, quoting. Einstein said, "Science without religion is lame. Religion without science is blind." And Einstein, I I don't think he was Christian. I, th- I think he was Jewish, um, but he understood that uh, you can't really have one without the other, that if there is truth out there, then we should be able to realize that uh, there is truth and meaning to everything we have. You know who Neil deGrasse Tyson is? I think I'm saying his name. You know who he is? Um, He is uh, a great astrophysicist. He is um, currently, he runs, what's it called here? Um, He runs a planetarium, but it's a famous one. But he's been on PBS on one of those. He ran, uh, was it Nova? One of those programs that he was the host for. What I like about him is that he is, he can explain very con- very complex things about space, about science, about astrophysics, about all kinds of things that are actually, can make them pretty simple for people uh, to understand. He wrote, a, he's not a believer though. In fact, uh, he, I don't think he believes in God at all. I'm not even sure that he is not an atheist. And uh, he got in a lot of trouble on Twitter a while ago because on December 25th, a couple of years ago, he celebrated the birth of Isaac Newton, who was also born on uh, December 25th. And uh, people got all upset about that. <laughs> and, and he sort of attacked uh, religious people uh, for beliefs. But sometimes he's attacking religious people for beliefs that are not true, that don't have to actually um, be true that aren't biblical. They're, they're notions that sometimes people have about maybe God is doing something that actually turns out later that he isn't. He wrote an article in the Wall Street Journal uh, last week, and it's entitled The Power of Co- a Cosmic Perspective. And I don't think it really went anywhere, but he was talking about how people look into the stars and they look at the universe around them and they make conclusions about who God is. And I think that the reason for that, and then it changes behavior, right? So if you believe that the sun is God, then you're going to have different behaviors maybe at night than you would during the daytime because the God can't see you. Um, you're, there's all kinds of different beliefs. I believe that God, that we all have a sense that there is a God and that we have eternity in our hearts, that we have a sense of spiritual angst and guilt and what we're doing as human beings in religion is we are trying to resolve that. Jesus came and told us how to resolve it. That's the that's what's distinct about the Christian faith is Jesus came and he lived among us and he didn't say, hey, let me tell you about God. He came and said, I'm God and uh, the way you please me 
uh, is you believe, and uh, if you love me, you'll keep my commandments. Um, and he taught us exactly who he is, who God is, and how to please God, philosophy and religion, why we're here, and what do we need to do about it. Jesus resolves all of that. And that would be my, my challenge to anybody who maybe isn't sure about this. But in all of human history, every culture has wondered about who God is and tried to figure that out. And usually you, you get that by looking at the sky. And sometimes we've been wrong. We, we, uh, somebody told Abraham Lincoln, he tells the story in the article, um, that judgment was here, that the, the apocalypse, the book of Revelation is coming true because of an eclipse that happened. Well, Lincoln, interestingly enough, knew his Bible pretty well. Lincoln is the greatest theologian president, uh, for sure. There's, there's people out there who like to say Lincoln wasn't a believer because he never became a member, a specific member of any particular church. Um, but Lincoln, I think, especially after the war in Gettysburg, the people who knew him said he became very devout in his Christian faith, and he's certainly a great uh, theologian. Well, he went outside after hearing this and looked up, and he saw all the constellations were all still there, that the sky really hadn't changed other than this eclipse was going on, and the eclipse would be over in a few minutes, and uh, he decided that person was wrong, and uh, that person was wrong. It's okay to to let science change your opinion about uh, something that you might have thought was going on spiritually that really isn't. The problem with this article is that it it basically tosses all religion under the bus. That's kind of what this guy unfortunately does, is that he doesn't like the idea that what we don't know should draw us to awe. He struggles with his his idol, maybe the wrong word in this context, but his favorite guy is is Isaac Newton, and he struggles with Isaac Newton's faith as a scientist. But Neil deGrasse Tyson, uh, I don't think he needs to do that. He's a guy to pray for because he's a guy who has this this great gift of explaining complex things in a way that's understandable to a lot of people. And he ends the article saying, you know, we really should have a cosmic perspective and that's how we're going to get along. Um, but it doesn't it doesn't give you much. Um, it, it just here's how he says he says. Uh, the cosmic perspective morphs from the universe, reminding us to become better shepherds of our own fate to the universe, declaring that we're the place playthings for high-level life forms. He's more into aliens than he would be uh, about God. Uh, a terrifying prospect, perhaps, but we take better care of our cats and dogs than we do a homeless man in the street. If we serve as pets to aliens, might they take better care of us uh, than we ever will ourselves? I feel like when he says that, he's so close in some ways, to accepting the Lord, right? Because it's true in so many ways that maybe we take care of our pets a little better than we take care of uh, people who are suffering. And he's saying, hopefully, the aliens who might be overseeing us uh, take better care of us. We have a God who does take better care of us. We have a God who sees our suffering, who sees what's going on here, and he has a solution. It's the Savior. And he's waiting. He's waiting until... It's time, but Jesus will come and be the judge and make everything right again. That's how God looks at us. I think when we look to the stars, Dr. Tyson is right that we should be in awe of what is there, that we should be careful to not make judgments on things that we don't really understand about God or the universe or other things. But I think he misses it when he says, when he won't go to this place that says, somehow we all got here. Somehow... We are not here uh, as accidents, 
and the idea that aliens made us, even if you want to go to that. I don't believe that at all, so I'm not saying that. But even if you were going to go there, you still have to ask, well, who made the aliens? Who created that civilization? We have a God who tells us. Universe, one verse. In the beginning, God created the heavens and earth. Genesis 1-1, universe. It's all right there. One verse. Are you in awe of God? Is there something about science or something about just looking up into the stars or looking into creation one way or the other that gives you awe about the Lord? You can call and share that right now, 888-528-2557, 888-528-2557 is the number. You can also send me an email at, so, at SoCalLive at KKLA.com, so SoCalLive at KKLA.com. And we're going to take a break, and we'll take your calls and uh, finish up this discussion when we get back. Um, I wanted to draw your attention to a, an event that's happening right here in Los Angeles, the Dis- Disciplines of Money Management. If you go to kkla.com, you can click on that. It's learn how to take control of your financial future. And I know that many of you are in debt. Many of you have struggled. I've been there before. It's terrible. Uh, But it's going to be this Saturday, October 1st, at Core Church Los Angeles from 10 to noon. And if you go to kkla.com and click on the Disciplines of Money Management, if you'll be in the L.A. area this weekend, it's a great seminar with a lot of different questions that will be answered for you that really will help you manage your money. Once you learn to do that, once you figure that out, you get out of debt or you start to manage your money well and you get to this place, I promise you it changes your life. And we want to help you do that. I think God wants you to do that because it makes you more generous. It um, It is just a wonderful thing to do. So check it out. Go to kkla.com. Click on the Disciplines of Money Management banner. And I'll be there. I'll see you on Saturday, October 1st. This is Southern California Live. The number is 888-528-2557. I'll be back with you as the Monday edition continues. Stay tuned. Too nervous to go live on the radio with Scott Furrow? Then share your thoughts on the SoCal Live voicemail at 213-537-3812. That's 213-537-3812. Welcome back, everybody. Southern California Live. Good to be with you today. Earlier in this hour, we brought you live the NASA spacecraft DART crashing into uh, an asteroid in outer space on purpose. And uh, it was successful, I guess. They think it will change the course of it. The whole idea is that one day maybe they'll save the Earth uh, in case there is an asteroid that's going to destroy the Earth. Uh, I'm not too worried about that. I figure, uh, you know, if that's uh, part of the end plan, uh, that'll happen. But it could be the plan that uh, there will be a big asteroid and we'll send something up and and, uh, knock it off. Um, You know, something about... We're asking the question, how are you in awe about the Lord? Do you do this? Do you get in awe kind of about the Lord? I am when it comes to things in space. I'm amazed just at how huge it is, just at, at how everything works together, how gravity works, how we wouldn't be here if just one tiny thing is tweaked with respect to the position of planets and different parts of the uh, the universe. It's an amazing thing to really study why we have life here and how unusual that will be. There's interesting studies out there about whether or not there's space aliens or something out there, but some scientists will say no, that the odds of there being life anywhere else are so, it's so crazy unusual that everything lines up perfectly for life on Earth that it's possible that there isn't life anywhere else. Other people would say, well, with infinite space, maybe there is somewhere else. I don't know. Maybe God has a plan for something else somewhere else, but he didn't tell us about that. What I do know is all of this points to an almighty God. All of this points to, you know, points to a God who gives us our consciousness that we're even able to ask that question because of something. 
I want to encourage you just with, uh, you can call us, by the way, and share your, your thoughts, 888-528-2557, 888-528-2557. I want to encourage you to not be afraid of, of science. Uh, I don't know that maybe afraid is, is not right, but there there seems to be, and maybe it comes from the scientific community, but maybe some of it comes from even church community, a division between science and and Christianity, or science and religion, but I think science and Christianity a lot. And maybe that's because there are, are certain things where there might be a, a disagreement about what is being um, believed in the scientific community. Maybe it contradicts the scripture, or maybe it doesn't. I talked about earlier how that often gets changed as we learn more in science. It seems to match up with scripture a whole lot better. And sometimes there are stories out there that appear to be anti-scripture, and then later on we find out they're not. Ten years ago, a senior Harvard historian of early Christianity walked uh, into a a place in uh, Rome and announced the discovery of what she believed to be an ancient papyrus where Jesus talks about having a wife. You ever hear about Jesus having a wife? You didn't find that from scripture, all right? You find that from um, Dan Brown books, and you find that from other people, but there's nothing in there. There's nothing in the Bible that suggests he had a wife. Um, and so, what you had was this discovery of the gospel of Jesus's wife. Maybe you heard about it. That's what the scholar called it. The New York Times and Boston Globe um, reported this story as fact. It was the Da Vinci Code come to life. You know, and and those newspapers they they like anything that's going to be anti anti-Jesus, or that somehow is pushing the whatever agenda that they've got going on, which is usually anti-Jesus. And that was, you know, those stories, even though there was hardly any evidence other than this one piece of papyrus that said Jesus had a wife, that he really did. But what's really interesting is that a bunch of scholars, of course, jumped on board with that. They wanted to know if there was more. In 2016, uh, there was another work of scholars in an investigation in the magazine, The Atlantic, where uh, another Harvard professor came to the same conclusion uh, or came to a different conclusion. And they came to this conclusion that the papyrus was fake. All right. So a few years later, they determined it was all fake. And the original scholar's reversal um, was uh, covered uh, in some places, but not others. But what's really interesting is that uh, Harvard has yet to retract it. And even though there are experts in academic ethics who are criticizing Harvard for not retracting it and things like that, it still is there. Yes, in in science, in scholarly works, in what are supposedly the greatest schools, you know, do not you cannot deny that there is an anti-religion or specifically anti-Jesus bent. Okay, when you have something out there that says Jesus was married, I'm not even sure that it would matter that much, I suppose, except that it would be an odd thing for Scripture not to happen. There's probably for Scripture not to cover. Okay, but for some reason, there's this notion in the secular world that if Jesus was married, then he wasn't really who he said he was and the Scriptures are wrong and it would go against. It really would seem to be sort of against the Gospels or attack on the Gospels that they would leave that detail out. That seems like an important detail, uh, wouldn't you think? Well, it's interesting that 
this does happen in science, that sometimes in this community, there are people who are advocating for anti-Christian roles or anti-Christian studies or things that are more about trying to show that Christianity isn't true rather than actually just going with what the science is. And that does happen. And you have to acknowledge that that happens. But I don't want that to be something. I would hope that that doesn't discourage us from actually being within the science, which for actually Christians getting into science. And none of us should be afraid to ask questions or we shouldn't be afraid if something comes up in a scientific field that seems to contradict our faith or seems to be different than what we thought. Maybe it just contradicts something that's not necessarily biblical anyway. I mentioned earlier, I mean, I think the church burned people at the stake for suggesting that uh, the earth or that the sun doesn't go around the earth. Um, But we know today, because we can observe it, amateurs can even observe it, that the earth goes around the sun. And we understand that that happens. But the thing is that there's, and it, I think it could make sense from a from a medieval point of view that said, okay, the earth is God's creation and this is where people are and this is where God's focus is. And so all of the other creation goes around the earth. Uh, I, you can understand that. You can understand drawing that theological conclusion. The problem is, is the Bible never says that. And so once science proved that to be not true, some people got really defensive about it and decided to discard the science at first. Uh, And that was wrong. That was wrong of the church to do that. Today, we don't need to discard the science. We need to keep asking questions. And what you find is that, like back then, the Bible never said that the earth goes, or that the sun goes around the earth, that the earth is the center of the universe or the solar system. The Bible never said it. We don't have to believe that. Uh, Likewise, in this article, this um, announcement that Jesus was married, that actually this was a fake, a literal fake. We also should not believe that everything in science is above board, that there aren't people out there looking to make a buck. Um, and we also shouldn't believe that it wouldn't be covered up. Sometimes it is. But can I encourage you that a lot of people who are doing regular science, who are doing the regular work uh, that is involved, regular research, they're doing a lot of good work. We need more Christians there. And if you're a Christian and you are in the scientific community, I know that some of your, some of the people that you work with, they just need permission to believe in God first. They need permission to do that. I'm praying that you give them that permission, that in your faith, that you are able to acknowledge your faith in Christ that you're able to say, you know what, I look through the, the microscope or the telescope and I see a lot of the same things you're seeing and I have a lot of the same interpretations that you have, except that I have a different view on origin and purpose and that you would see things the way that an Isaac Newton would, where the things that we can't fully understand, we would give glory to God for that because God knows that we wouldn't be afraid if we discover something that goes against a belief we have, or even if temporarily it goes against what the scriptures appear to say, because maybe we don't have the scriptures right in our understanding, or maybe what it is is the scriptures don't say what we think they say, and it doesn't go against, or it might go against, and so what? There's a place for faith. There is a place that says, well, 100 years from now, maybe that science is going to change and match up with the scriptures which has been done many times. See, that's, that is a part of, of faith, that we aren't called to know everything. 
I think God enjoys it that we can learn and that we can study and that we can have real understanding of things scientifically. I think it's amazing that the things that human beings have been able to accomplish, I think God can be glorified by, by people doing that. And I think it is good. If you're a student and you're listening or you've got a kid who's thinking about going into science, teach them about faith in God. Teach them that they don't have to reject their faith in order to get into science, that both of those things actually can work together, that it's a myth that science and faith can't work together. And in the very small areas, the very few places where they seem to conflict, over time, they seem to come together a lot more often than they don't. And I think we can rest in that. All right, I got a lot to say about that, but we're we're almost done for today. There's a lot going on in the world. We're going to talk about those things later on in the week. Uh, thank you for listening to Southern California Live. I'm Scott Furrow. You can always get a uh, the the podcast of this program by going to your radio station website, and uh, you you won't want to miss this because we brought to you live in this hour the NASA spacecraft Dart crashing in to the asteroid. There it was. Amazing, an amazing achievement brought to you live right here on Southern California Live. That's why we use live, right? Because it's live. I'm really saying real life events going on. I'm looking at the freeway right now that I'm going to go get on and it's moving. Hopefully that will continue. See, it's it's live and uh, we enjoy that. We enjoy being with you. You can send me an email every uh, whenever you want. If you're listening to this on the podcast or on the weekend, the email address is SoCalLive at KKLA.com. And you can find me, Scott Furrow, on social media if you want to give a follow. Thank you for listening. I'll be back tomorrow with uh, another edition, the Tuesday edition of Southern California Live. For the Monday edition, I'm Scott Furrow. I'll see you tomorrow. God bless. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.